You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today we're talking about empathy. What it is, where it is, and where it isn't. Plus, we talk about the movie Dune, so stay tuned. Oh, why'd you do that? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll watch him already. Daddy! Where is he? I'm hungry. Oh, he's trying out for the school play. Oh, yeah. He's gonna be the romantic lead. Oh, it's gonna be a comedy. (laughs) Dad, he'll be great. He sure does look good enough. Must not be the same Calvin I know. <laughs> Regina King! This is the first Oscar and nomination for Regina King. I think we all need to just take a moment in our day and just celebrate the woman that is Regina King. Amen. Right? Like, like don't they don't sometimes every now and then I'm just like, wait a minute, we need to just take a look at this woman's career and the range. Like you didn't even like the first clip uh we played was two two seven. You didn't even know about two two seven. Okay, so according to Talk to Pops, she started at age fourteen on this show. Yeah. And she's now 50. So that means she's been working in Hollywood for 36 years, oh, right? She's, I, I can't do math, but sure. But the as a black person, we know all about 227. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, trying to duck the fact that I didn't know it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely did show. not know this like, show. Yeah, you, you probably, do you know, have you ever heard of the show called Amen? Mm-mm. Yeah, see. But what were both of these on? What channel were they on? T- I don't know TV. I don't know what it was on. I was watching it when it was reruns, obviously. But mm. it was like was still it an eighties show? No, it was like eighties, nineties, or no, it was like eight, late eighties, maybe. I don't know what time period. I was watching it was reruns, Got but it. I was very aware of it. The yeah, that had it had the mom from Sister Sister in it, Jackie Harry mm-hmm. or Jack Harry Harry, and uh, Regina King on it. She's a child actor. Child actress. It's awesome. So like that, and people probably don't even know that. She's been doing this for a long time. And, you know, there's movies like A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. She was in Boys in the Hood. She was in Higher Learning with Ice Cube, which was like one of three movies she's with in with him. Uh, she was in Poetic Justice with Tupac and Janet Jackson. I mean, now she was doing TV. Uh, she had Watchmen, where she was a badass. We know we talked about that all the time. Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality. Cinderella too? Story. Come on, Cinderella Story. Like she was in comedy. She was in family movies. She, she was the voice of Huey and Riley on Boondocks. So yeah. she had just raw humor in her, where she was like, "I'm gonna talk about. I can do voiceovers and shit." Come on now. So like yeah. directing uh, TV episodes, and then One Night in Miami, which oh, yeah. came out. I one night in Mi- Miami was was sick, and yeah, she was. I know she directed some of my favorite episodes, of like Scandal and shit. And those really? Shows. I think That's so. awesome. I think so. Uh, she she directs. She she directed a good amount of stuff, but I yeah, I just want to appreciate her. I don't know. You sent that earlier, and I was like, damn. 
She is an amazing I need... woman and creative talent. Oh, yeah. She need to put some respect on her name. That's all. Yeah. I feel like they are now, but just it's it took a while. He's like, thank you for catching up. Give her her flowers. Give her her flowers. Actually, just fuck giving her flowers. Just start a nursery and just name that shit Regina King and so that everybody can have some of her flowers. Like, <laughs> give her just all the money. Yeah, give her all, all the, the jobs. Give her all the coins. So what are we talking about today, Mike? Besides um, Regina King? We're going to talk about... I feel like we always... I Every now and then I want to do a topic that like is something that's going to bring up some trauma and like fuck me up for a week. Uh, Fun. <laughs> yay. No, I think I, this week I want to talk about, well, I want to talk about two things. So we'll probably do, we'll do two parts. Okay. But the first is empathy, I think is what I want to talk about and touch on. Because I just, I've been on this weird, you know, tip. Not, I mean, I feel like I've been on it for a while now. But I've been on this tip where like I've just been reading from different people. More importantly right now, Brene Brown, because like I'm a, you know, deep down I'm a basic white girl. <laughs> and so I, I've been reading Brene Brown, and she is... I feel like, just to be clear, Brene Brown is in no way a basic white girl. No, she's not. I am. Okay. As I hold my Starbucks talking about Brene Brown. Like, come on now. Okay. Uh, is Brene Brown a, uh, a basic thing? I thought she was, like, elevated. Like, elevate no, your consciousness I mean, type it, of writer. She No, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish her credibility. I'm saying that, like... No, no, but you're saying basic white girls listen to Brene Brown. They, I feel like they, they would. Like, I'm a boss girl, hashtag girl boss. Like, we, I go to yoga, I listen to my Brene Brown podcast, and then I, like, watch two episodes of... See, you, 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 you put me in this corner because you know who's going to listen to this and think I'm talking about her, and I'm not. <laughs> I am not. I'm talking about myself. Okay. Uh, yes, this is not targeted to anyone's any. I'm just, anyone's like, I'm wife. just trying to understand. Uh, but yeah, no, she, she's... Everybody listens to her. She, I think she's more credible and she's more important than any Gary Vanderchuk or any of those people. Like, not mm. not trying to say their shit, not trying to talk on them, like like negatively. But I think she doesn't get enough attention. She just because she has great TED, she has a great TED talk. She has great you know dialogues, great books, great worksheets out there you can download. But she talks a lot about shame, empathy, and different types of emotions and stuff like that, and, and like how that relates to leadership and being a great leader and you know bettering yourself. Cool. Awesome. So I yeah, I've been reading her stuff lately, and so I really want to talk about empathy because of that reason. But then also, uh, my for a very long time, I always was associated with empathy because of my astrological sign, because I'm a Cancer. So everybody's like, oh, you're cancer. Oh, that makes sense. You know, I hate when people do that. They always like say, what's your astrological sign? You're like, oh, I'm a Scorpio. And they're like, oh, I see that. I'm like, what What do you see? Like, just get out of here. You don't know that. Yeah, because is that just their way of like not engaging with, because they don't know what a Scorpio is? I guess. Or they just like, it's stupid. Like, some, I love astrology. I think it's fun. But sometimes it gets on my nerves how people operate with it. But sure. anyway... People have said that, you know, because I'm a cancer or just because of how I naturally am, that I'm an empath or I like they were, I focus a lot on empathy. And sometimes I think it's cool, but a lot of times I'm like, this kind of sucks. Like, I, I don't like it because like you don't want to be the guy in the room 
where like somebody starts crying and then you start crying too. And you don't even know what they're crying about. I'm like, I don't even know what you're crying about. I'm just crying because you're crying. I'm that mm. guy. Like I, I'll cry immediately, which uh, is fun <clears throat> when I'm watching movies and stuff. Like, cause then I can fully have the emotion the movie tries to give you, but not when I'm trying to like just go about my day and I'm in an airport and someone's bawling their eyes out next to me. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm sad now too. So yeah, I just always been associated with with empathy. So like I wanted to kind of like I was like, let's talk about that because I think it's I think it's important to talk about it personally, but then also there's so many elements in our world and society that I think could use a little more empathy and we could get past a lot of shit. Like a lot of, you know, separation or divisiveness or binary politics. All these different crazy things that seem like we can never find common ground. It's because the common ground all relates to empathy. You don't have to have the same exact opinion or experience as somebody. You just got to be able to relate to it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think I saw a video once that was explaining the difference between empathy and sympathy. And I believe it was uh, Brene Brown who it wrote is. it. So yeah. what is the difference between empathy and sympathy for people who Ooh, don't know? I mean, I can't quote her like that because I, I don't want to get memorized. But do you have it? No, I'll pull it up. Okay. But the thing is... Like, give, me your, give me your best shot my, what I, I think. Okay, up. so sympathy is, is like pity almost. Like, simp- mm-hmm. so sympathy is like you... Uh, like you feel bad for someone. So like, it, it could be like, Oh, like I got an F on my test. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry for you. I feel bad for you. Like maybe you'll do better next time. Like it's, mm. it's as, as simplified as it can be. It, that, that to me is sympathy. Like, Oh, it's, it's all versus, Oh, or like, what can I do for you? Or are you okay? Do you need help? Empathy is a little bit is a is a little more language to me. That's this is my opinion. We'll we'll get we'll get Brene's actual words. But this is I, I think empathy has to deal with actually uh diving into the emotion and trying to relate to the emotion versus just being like, oh, that emotion sucks for you. Like that's right. what to me what sympathy is. It's like I don't wanna I don't feel that, but like I'm sorry that you feel that way. Well, this is an interesting quote. So I actually found the video that um, quotes her. So I don't know if we want to play a clip from it, but in the article of the video, it says empathy fuels connection while sympathy drives disconnection. Yeah. That's, that, that sounds familiar to what she said in the book. That's very uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I see that. That's what I'm getting at. It's like sympathy is like, uh, sympathy is what we've had for a long time. Well, I think when we're dealing with, uh, you know, sexism, we're dealing with homophobia, we're dealing with racism, we're dealing with all these different isms or or situations and oppressions that separate us and that put people in subjugated groups and put people in, in, you know, places of privilege. There's a lot of sympathy where, you know, the rich go, oh, I sympathize with the poor. There's a lot where the men in power go, oh, I sympathize with the women who are less in power. There's, you know, all there's a, the the families of white people who live in the suburbs and and they're living their lavish life and just, you know, far away from any harassment from police officers and crime or anything like that. And they look at the people in the inner city who might be people of color or just people with different economic means, and they go, "Oh, I sympathize with them." 
And what and so what that is is like you all you're doing is you're just feeling bad for them. The separation is still there. I wonder if sympathy is like tied to guilt. Like you feel sympathy for people because you feel like guilty like for them or like because you're if you're sitting at home and you're being like, oh man, I feel so bad for homeless people. Um, there's a little bit of guilt there. There's a little bit of like, man, I'm so lucky that I have what I have, and they're so unlucky that they're in the situation they're in, and yeah. you just go about your day and you move on. Yeah, it's it's literally like giving a dollar a day type thing. Like, mm. you know, when they say you want to round up your your change to like support like hungry kids in some other country, and you're like, sure. That's or, like, or, or like you see a person on the street and you hand him a dollar or something like that. Yeah, because to me, it's it's doing whatever. Sympathy is doing doing the least amount of work to make sure that you're comfortable, you're not in pain, you don't hurt. Like, I don't want my emotions to change. Mm. I want to keep my, I want to stay happy. Now, I want to help you, but I want to stay happy. So it's like, what do I need to do to do that? I need to make sure, and that creates that separation because you you have to know what what they're losing and what you don't want to lose to to maintain that level of sympathy. If that, and let me uh, elaborate on that is like, if someone just got dumped in their, in, in their relationship, the one, the way that you remain in that sympathy and don't, and don't feel too bad for yourself is be like, this sucks for them, but like, I'm in a happy relationship. Mm. You, you, you know, you're going to say that outright, but you're just like, Oh, I feel so bad for you, man. Like that sucks. Mm. But like, I, like I'm good, but if now empathy, I I would say the person is crying, hurt. They just got dumped or whatever, and you're just like, you're just there. You're just present, and you're just like, like man, this sucks. Like, like I'm, I'm like this happened to you. Like this is this is a situation, and let's just deal with it. Let's like, this is gonna be tough. And then like you're not, you know, you know, you're not taking it away. You're not diminishing it. You're not, you're not like invalidating it. Or dis- or dismissing it, like, cause I've I feel like a, a lot in my life, which is what helped me kind of learn more and more and more how to operate with my empathy moniker, is uh how I felt when people would would invalidate me or diminish like my feeling or or dismiss it, and that. And that that's what made me so like pissed off all the time because I'd be like, how can people cannot relate the way I do? Like I I had all these white friends and shit, and I'll be I'll be just as sad as you guys about some of the shit you're going through when I know we clearly don't look alike. But then when the when the tables turn and I have to bring up something, people immediately go, oh I don't, I mean, I don't know, man, that's racism sucks. Like all right, and then they just don't want to talk about it. Right. And so I'm con- I was constantly felt like an outsider because I was just like. I I seem to have figured this out, and then I was like, "Is my am I only empathetic because I'm black? Because like I've dealt with some shit that has made me empathetic, and then I realized, like talking to other black people, I was like, oh, that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> like I, like just being straight up real, like just because I'm black does not make me empathetic, because uh there's a lot of you know things within our own community that I think we do not there's not empathy for you know, and I and. More recently, I've been talking about this stuff, but like with uh, black trans women, just women in general, uh, black gay men, uh, economic, uh, social economic class and stuff like that within our community. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of lack of empathy. It's just, you know, human beings just kind of just just suck at it. Yeah. I mean, the thing that that's thrown me off the most, like coming from 
a background where I wasn't in church to like going to church was the lack of empathy inside the church. Cause like I, now that's not across the board, but that is for issues like what we're talking about right now. Like, let's say for example, I went to church and I would hear an actual like biblical passage that sounds like holy crap, like very convicting to me about all of the issues in the world that we're facing like right now. Like whether it's economic disparity, whether it's the way that people are treated unfairly, whether it's like persecution and judgment and all these things where if you're, you know, really believe what you're being taught, you would feel very called to speak up against this type of stuff. Yeah. But um it seems like it goes over people's heads and people aren't like you know, there's there was not an awareness of racial injustice, you know, across the board, if I'm uh, generalizing, in the church. Like, that was something that a lot of Christian people woke up to for the first time last year. Um, there was not a lot of empathy for the LGBT community. I mean, mm-hmm. that's well documented in mm-hmm. the church, the, even though the Bible preaches, like, love and acceptance and all of this. So it, that was something that I found where... That community, even though it's something, it should be arguably the most empathetic community on earth. Yeah. If you really follow what is being taught, still struggles with that. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, predominantly, like, the black community is very much uh, all about religion and all about church and God. You know, we're everything. We're Episcopal. We're Baptist. We're Lutheran. We're... Seven day events were all of that shit. So uh, it's it's a lot of that that lack of empathy is rooted in that focus on religion. And I think so. Basically, I, f- I feel like a lot of people look at the Bible as a manual for how to be a sympathetic person, which I think is bad. Because instead of empathetic, instead of empathetic, because everybody knows what empathy looks like. And nobody wants to do that. (laughs) Empathy means you got to die on the cross for somebody else's sins. Everybody's like, oh, fuck no. Hell no. They're like, Jesus did that. I ain't doing that. That sounds crazy. You're going to have to die for your own sins. I ain't doing that shit. So, uh, but like, like, you know, metaphorically, we should be dying for each other's sins. And and, and what I mean with that is like, if someone, if you're heterosexual, cis, a cishet uh, man, and then you see a trans woman being, you know, verbally attacked or physically attacked, you should be like, that is my, that is my sister. That is, that is, that is another human being. That is someone I, I can't let this happen. Right. So I'm going to put myself in the line of fire to, to protect her. And, and maybe your, your presence will, 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 will save that. And, but then I also put you in danger. So you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Right. So that's why some people don't speak out because they're like they're like the minute I speak out in support of someone that doesn't look like me or in support of someone that is part of a group that is constantly harassed, I'm gonna get harassed. I don't want to do that. People mm-hmm. don't. Nobody wants to. You know, nobody wants to carry it across to the to to the mountain and fucking die for somebody else's sins. Nobody. People don't want to do it because it's painful. Right. There's gonna be some pain involved. So people are just like, I'm just gonna stay out of it, or and I'll feel bad for you from far away, and that's mm. sympathy. So for me, I'm like I'm I'm in a practice of trying to figure out how can I put myself in the line of fire in the most comfortable way, <laughs> <laughs> so that like I can still be empathetic, but I don't have to get hurt too much. So then, so the way I translate it is that 
oh, you know how I can do that? I know how to deal with my own shit. So if I, through my writing and through my and through conversation, speak of my struggles and speak of my problems and speak of my successes and things like that and how to fix it and how I and how I dealt with it, then I can be empathetic in a most comfortable way because like this is familiar pain to me. You know, I, I can talk and talk about this stuff. And by me talking about it, hopefully there'll be someone else that's like, oh, this, that, and and this other thing kind of relates to my story. And then, and then it helps them, you know, process what's going on with them. Yeah. And vice I mean, versa. This this quote here, and I, I don't know if you have a quote uh, from Brene that you want to play I yourself. Know. I didn't but look up nothing. Th- this, this article says, the challenge, as Brene Brown points out, is that empathy requires us all to recall or reflect on feelings that are uncomfortable. We're recognizing feelings like frustration, nervousness, or confusion, and trying to take that perspective with another person. Choosing empathy versus sympathy or complete disengagement is often more challenging in the short term, but the long term reward is much greater because it's that that bridge, it's that connection that you have with another person. But yeah. it's like kind of painful to do that because you have to be there with them through whatever they're going through, mm-hmm. and it makes you reflect on yourself and, and the times that you know you feel what they're feeling, literally. Yeah, yeah. The, when you said like feel what they're feeling, like it's so interesting. Sometimes I feel like I have dealt with moments where people think I'm lying or like pretending because it's such a thing that doesn't happen often. People don't believe it. Like, what, are, what are you talking about? Explain like, that. Being like, I guess just I, at the end of the day, just empathy. Like if I'm like, if I'm like, wow, like this really sucks. And I'm like listening to someone and not judging them. It, sometimes people think like, you have to be judging me. And I'm like, no, I judge people less for like their, for for their trauma and for opening up than I will if they're like everything's perfect everything's good my life is like I'm in Hawaii I'm on a boat I'm like fuck go to hell (laughs) (laughs) I ain't got time for that but if you like if you're like oh one time like I you know screamed at my mom or something and cussed her out and then we haven't been talking for a while and I feel so bad and then I cheated on my girlfriend and something like this and I had was going through this bad downward spiral and all of a sudden I'm like let's talk about it I ain't even judging you on that cause like shit's crazy the world's crazy like you go through you go through you have crazy emotions you could be getting in fights with people you could do some some messed up stuff to each other like talking about our our shortcomings and our and failures makes us more human. I think as if we didn't have that, we would be God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh well even I think he failed a couple of times. I mean shit, look we got white supremacists, so you know he tripping. <laughs> uh <laughs> God ain't perfect <laughs> either. God be tripping too. But uh uh yeah. I just think yeah, I just think it's important to focus not to focus, to address those failures and shortcomings because it 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 humanizes our experience and then also makes it easier to relate. Cause I'm like I might have might not have done the same things as you or felt in the same ways as you, but I get it. I get that 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 it sucks. I get that pain. I feel like we do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like we had the same I mean one time we had the same job, but it's and, and we got I thought you were gonna say one time we had the same pain and I was like, Oh, what a Oh, that'd be that's that sounds deep. One time yeah. we had the same pain. Damn. Uh, Damn, I, I mean, trying to deal is. with that crazy job back then, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> there's some things like we you know we live in the same city, we got well, the same major. We like, like we there's a lot of things to relate on. But I'm saying we 
That was weird. Yeah, weird uh, sounds over here today, guys. It's a ghost in here. Well, speaking of that, okay, uh, go ahead. The, like when you got fired from that job, that That's was a very weird. intense night. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I was what I was going through with you was sympathy or empathy, because we spent pretty much the whole day talking about what happened, and then that night, you know, you had that moment where you really like let your guard down and you were really upset, and I think you even like cried in the room with me. Yeah, that was weird. Have you been watching Insecure? I, I've, I'm not caught up, but I'll be caught up by next episode. Ah, uh, you're listening to get your life together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so extreme. Like you missed one episode. You guys are failing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can give the example if you want, because I'm going to watch it this like probably today. It's it's just it's there's a heavy moment where it's it's very similar to what I to what happened to me then mm. because. What what was happening that in that time? Because basically the backstory is we worked with this company, media company together. The media company was low key shady anyway. But mm-hmm. we, I did a lot of work for it. But I was I was below the line. So like my name and I I didn't deliver the the I didn't deliver the assets and my name was never never associated with the finished product. So it was they didn't know in the supply chain. Yeah, you so don't to speak, know that yeah. you were as important as you yeah. Were. Who uh, what I'm doing? Yeah. So you know, but. If you if you looked on the outside of the, or if you just looked visibly you know at your surround physical surroundings like I had a close relationship with the executive assistant I was constantly in the office you know a lot of people weren't always in the office I had a dialogue with, mo- with almost every position you could even look at my area it was like I had my computer I had everything there well and not only that you were the only person at the company that did your job. <laughs> like normally when you fire people you like you fire the redundant jobs you don't fire like the person that creates like it is like yeah. a very important yeah, asset I was, I was a copywriter yeah. so like come on now yeah i was like the only copywriter yeah company. i'm writing the shit but i would always pass it over to someone else and they would finalize it and send it over to the ceo and everything right. so he just sees someone else doing it. he's like what are you are you doing anything i'm like um i guess not if you don't if 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 you I'm not hearing anything to you no but I'm I'm writing it from the background right so it's like basically like if a CEO came to like us uh I don't know a technology company and then he fires like the CTO the CTO because he's like I haven't seen you do anything like where are you at you're not any product he's like I'm working in the back like dude I, like, I'm in the computer he's like I literally wrote the code <laughs> yeah what do you mean like you're gonna you're not gonna see what I do I'm, I'm in the background but anyway so I was below the line they they said they were low on money and stuff like that which they weren't because I had a very close relationship with the executive assistants so I knew yeah. what projects they were taking on and what things so yeah. anyway it was a lot so anyway they laid me off. And it was a very bad call. Yeah, it was a lot. And then so the whole day, uh, we're kind of like talking about how weird it was because even the moment of how I was laid off was at such a weird place in time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like on the sidewalk. Uh, so oh, like, after a full day, like twelve hour day. Of work. Oh yeah, a twelve hour day of working. All right, like, and so um, and horrible. Yeah, and so like we kept touching on how weird it was and how fucked up it was and how messed up it was and. All this stuff like that, and I, I never really was like I was kind of like being like Mr. Tuck guy, like, well, yeah, this is dumb and all this. And then all of a sudden, later on that night, it was like I don't know, midnight or something. It was late. All of a sudden, I just like started like crying and like bawling. It was crazy. I couldn't. It's like weird. I couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the first time you had been fired by a company? By the way, that's the first and only time in my life that I've ever been laid off or fired from a company. Wow. I've, I, yeah, because you had worked at like the same company for like ten years before that. Eleven and a half. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, at that time, I can't remember. Yeah, eleven okay. and a half. But yeah, no, I yeah, I worked at another company for like eleven years. Um, yeah, I never. That was the first and only company I've ever been laid off of. Um, wow. And knock on knock on all the wood, cause but yeah, so it was. I didn't know how to deal with that. And even then, it wasn't like. It was like, damn, I wish I could have just been, I wish they could have said like, you know what, Mike? Like, you are, you are terrible at your job. You suck. You're mean. Everybody hates you. We're firing you. I actually would have been able to process and deal with that. But the layoff was like, like, imagine if someone broke up with you because they just said like money was tight and they like. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if anyone in the history of the world has done that. If so, please write into the show. We want yeah. to talk to you. Yeah, I want to know. Like, tell me that story. Because if someone's like, you know what? I need to break off this, like, relationship because, like, I just, like, can't eat the way I want to. And, like, things, money is so bad. And, and you know this person just got a new job. So you're like, you're lying to my face. So, yeah, that's basically what the experience was just, it was just hard because the person that laid me off, he was he physically knew what was going on because he even said like I could see in his eyes that like he just he was being just doing the dirty work of the CEO mm-hmm. and the CEO was very not present like you know most CEOs are mm-hmm. um, but and I had also recently asked for a raise mm-hmm. not even probably a week before that interesting because I had received a promotion now my me asking for a raise wasn't out of the blue. Me asking for a raise is based on my based on the promotion that I had, because I was still getting paid the same price, the same amount that I had before I got my promotion. So I was just like, okay, I've been promoted. The company's already downsized. So I had a formal meeting and just talked about all the different things I did, and then said like, these are this is A, B, and C option. One one involves uh, compensation. Another one involves like engagement and in, in, in my presence in the job, like to be a better copywriter. Let me be there on the like you know the the launch calls and and uh, and stuff like that. So like I can be. Uh, not the launch, but the yeah, yeah, you know, like the campaign launch, yeah, 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 campaign launch. What's the first thing? Kickoff and stuff like that. Like, yeah. like just I need to be there. I need to I need to hear the words of you know the companies we're working the clients, and like so let me be more engaged. Or I think the option C was like, like kind of like a project, you know, case by case basis, and mm. it and I thought it was very reasonable. Um, and but instead, you know, when you say stuff like that, sometimes the companies like. The first thing they heard was more money. That's all they heard. He wants more money. And like the CEO, once again, didn't see the things that I was doing. So his mind was like, let's let, let this nigga go. Uh, and that was a direct quote. I think we read that in yeah, an email. That's what he said. <laughs> cancel <laughs> him. Find out who I'm talking about. And cancel him. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Just kidding. Don't do that. Because I, I, I'm chill. Uh, that was a long time ago. But. Yeah, now everybody can go to my like resume and try to look up where was he a copywriter at and like who's no you ain't gonna find it because I don't have it on my resume or do I? That's um, funny. But anyway, uh, yeah, in that moment, I think like there's two things that happen: the lack of empathy I think that came from from laying off a person that comes from laying off a person because right. you don't like you need to understand what that means to that person. Like I would I would have rather been fired laying laying me off. If the company is going under or if the if my position no longer exists, that is like that's one thing. But to lay me off because you said like money is tight, that's your problem. That sounds like I, money management was never my, my was never my job. 
Now, the only person that should get laid off if there's money issues is the fine is the person in charge of the finances, is right. the CFO. That's the only person that should lose their job. If everyone says somehow the ink, somehow we're not, we have no revenue. Somehow they're like we're overpaying people. Money's going out of all kinds of places, credit cards everywhere. This is a mess. The first person that needs to get laid off is the CFO. That's it. <laughs> Whoever's in charge of the budget, lay that nigga off. May and then, and let's reconsider what the CEO is doing. Right. Because that has sense. nothing to do with the employees. I, that was never my job description. So I it's that it's so weird that the people, the lower level people get punished for the mistakes of 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 the, the people in charge. Oh, but that's just always how yeah. it is in so, every aspect of society. Always. So there was no there was no empathy for that. And right. then then the second thing was was between you and I and how because you still had your job and your position and you had a higher position than me or whatever. Right. Um and then it was like Kind of like you, you, I can. I guess you were kind of just like feeling bad for me, but it probably was a little more at that time sympathy because you were right. just like, I don't, you know, like this didn't happen to me. Right now, yeah. the universe though was like, all right, all right, y'all need some juicy shit to talk about. So I'm gonna give Grant 17 situations to put him in in, in an empathetic space. <laughs> but yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't have to get into that. But basically, more or less that. A, a company that of of that nature will continue to have these same practices. It wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't an anomaly. Right. So if they're having money issues or they're having mismanagement issues and stuff like that, it's going to continue even when I'm dead and gone. So yeah. I moved on. I'm off the company now. And they're still doing that same shit. Oh, the so, company doesn't even exist. Anymore. It doesn't even exist anymore. So, <laughs> so like, that tells you everything you need yeah, to know. So like it it it's it's so interesting. But I what I think is so crazy was that. The change in conversation that we were able to have once you were going through your own different experiences, mm-hmm. and it, it still never re- resulted in your—you never got laid off. Oh no, I quit. And what I didn't realize at the time was that I could have actually stayed and fought to to correct those wrongs. But at the time, what I thought was show of force, I'm quitting because that wasn't right. Fuck you, basically, was my mentality. Yeah, and so I I I quit that company, but then it turns out that maybe that wasn't the right way to handle it. Maybe it would have been better if I had stayed and I had you know fought to bring you and other people who were laid off unfairly back. I yeah. don't know if that would have worked. Maybe I would have been the next one to go. I mean, maybe we're talking this. Maybe this is like a bigger like this is this is America. This is how we deal with like racism and and, and equality. <laughs> like. Basically, I was laid off <laughs> by by America because America's like we can't right. deal with this. Like, we're sorry. This is just too many social issues. There's just too much di- division. I we, this is too much for us. Black Lives Matter. Ugh, we can't handle it. We're gonna. Have I feel to like let, that is kind of happening right now. Actually. We're just gonna let you go. <laughs> I think. I think like if you look at the political landscape with like what's going on with the Democrats or just like the greater political conversation in the country. There was a big push, like, oh, we gotta figure this out. Like, we we really messed up with uh, uh, race and and diversity before now, so we're we're gonna really try harder to to do better. And then, cut to a year later, and they're like, this is too much. Uh, let let let's just ignore that. Let's not talk about this anymore. And uh, let's just like you know let let the Republicans win, and and you know we're pro police, and and we're sorry, goodbye. Yeah, pretty much. I knew that was going to happen. I was like, y'all stop acting like you about to do this. You are not about to go through this. I'm going to tell you that right now. This shit is not easy. Yeah. But so, yeah. So then you have 
So America laid me off, mm-hmm. and then you had the ability to be like, I can, I can hunker down and fix this and get you back on. But then you're like, no, America, you fucking up too bad. I quit. And I'm yeah. like, no, don't do that. <laughs> like, like uh, I need your white privilege. Well, actually, I think this leads kind of nicely into the, the film Dune, which a lot of people have been watching lately. Uh, I don't know, you know, if if you want to explain your take on it. Um, I'm curious to hear Dune. more. Um, <laughs> Dune? Dune, that's what I'm going to call it. Dune Brown. Dune Brown. Uh, <laughs> we're so stupid. But, okay, so Dune is... Uh, it's a new film adaptation by of the book by yeah. Denis Villeneuve. I've got all the facts right yeah, here. Yeah, by Denis. Um, so you already know it's about to be like that's. I feel like all his movies. Oh yeah, because like Hans Zimmer is, uh, did the score. I'm like, okay, this this is a Denis movie. Uh, but it's the third adaptation, like the third big one. There's, I think there was there's a television show. There was there was. Uh, the David Bowie movie. David Bowie. I always say David Bowie. I'm sorry. Uh, the other one. David Lynch. Peaks. David Lynch, right? Yeah, David Lynch. Uh, so <laughs> you you know David Bowie would have been in that movie. Though. Damn, he would have been though. He could have been. He could have been a good part in that movie. Okay, yeah. but anyway. So there's that, and then there was like the Yodorowsky. I don't know. Is that how you say name? Yeah, Yodorowsky. Yeah. yeah, he had a version too that it got like never really made or whatever. But anyway, all those versions were kind of hot ass mess because. This is such a big world of fantasy and sci-fi. It's yeah. kind of like Star Wars, just that Star Wars was made by the person who created the story. So now right. Frank Herbert, would, that's the author of the book, mm-hmm. if he would have directed and made it, maybe it would have been bombed. But, you know, everybody ain't George Lucas. And it's also it was also hard to do what this film did at that time. I mean, good Lord, like the graphics, you know, the, the visual effects in this movie are amazing. I can't imagine trying to make this at any time other yeah. than now. Yeah, it looks great. And yeah. the casting, the casting for the most part is great. I'm going to touch on that in a minute. But <laughs> can, can I just like laundry list the, the actors in it? Yeah. Because it's ahead. an insane cast. This is an insane cast. Everyone is sexy. Okay. Timothy Chalamet. Damn. Rebecca Ferguson. Ooh. Uh, Oscar Isaac. I see. I can't even look at him straight without sweating. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. That's the he can snap me into uh, oblivion anytime he wants to. Stellan Star- Skarsgård. He he looks terrible in this movie, but like he's got he's hot, and I know his genetics is on point. Oh shit, <laughs> Dave Bautista. <laughs> Dave Bautista. Like, come on now. He ain't got no neck, but like, who needs a neck when you got a body like that? Uh, Zendaya. That there's nothing wrong with that girl. Uh, she's perfect. Stephen McKinley Henderson. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. I'll, I'll be Wait, there. I do know who that is. Yes, he also yes that that I think he's a sweet chocolate. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes, I call um, him sweet chocolate. Jason freaking Momoa. J- Come on now, Jason Momoa. Like, uh, see, I was about to say something bad about the Khaleesi and all of that. I'm gonna be like, you could do whatever you need to do to me, <laughs> Kyle Drogo. I would walk Uh-oh. through flames and fire for you. He looks great. I'll go underwater, <laughs> deep sea diving, Aquaman shit for you. And Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem, like, if there's. Javier Bardem's gonna go down in history in the group of people with like that distinct voice. You're just like, your voice is creepy. Yeah. But it's sexy. So like <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we've also got Sharon Duncan Brewster, we've got David Das Malchian and Chang Chen and Charlotte Rampling. I mean, a ton of amazing yes, actors. They're, like 
It's very multicultural and very eclectic yeah. on the surface. A, a fantastic cast. And oh. I love the way that they, they cast the movie, but I'm sure you have your own thoughts. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, so I, the, why, a reason why I think this, I wanted to relate this to empathy and without giving too much away from the storyline mm-hmm. is that in the world there's, you know, there's, there's different, there's like religions, there's cultures, there's, there's political turmoil, all these different things, but a lot of it is rooted in like dreams, the past versus the the, fu- the future, uh, like a lot of kind of like telepathy and kind of like feeling pain and emotion. There's even a very mm. pivotal part in the book, in the movie, where he has to go through a test, the main character, Paul Atreides, who is Timothy Chalamet, obviously, come on now, everybody's on his nuts, <laughs> um, but as they should be. But the he has to like put his hand through this box called a gom Javar or whatever, oh. and, and it's like a test or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he and he goes through like immense pain to do that. They do that to test him, and she says, "I this test is to test to see if you are a human, and not an animal." And so then I when I saw that or when I read that part because I read the book when I when I got to that part, I was like, "Damn, that's intense." Like, imagine if we all had to go through that test. And I feel like a lot of people don't. Some people go through their whole life without ever having to go through a gong jabbar, put their hand, you know, through a, a machine and, and feel that extreme pain. Like, some people get to just, just I live, just go through my life scot-free. But if we all had a moment to feel that same exact pain, you would not bully someone. You would not you would not want to hurt someone or punch them in the face or talk bad about them or take away their rights or you know not or discriminate against them. All whatever these different things are you could do to hurt someone. We would do a lot less of that if we if we all knew what it felt like exactly. And so that's why I was like, "Ooh, Dune is like Dune is definitely about empathy because they all these different people are in different levels of class." And have different characteristics. You know, there's there's the royalty, like the emperor and the dukes and the and all those guys there, and the baron. There is uh, the religious people, the Bene Gesserits, which are like you know they they they're like you know religious and spiritual, and they also can fight and shit. It's kind of crazy, but there's that, and then there are people who are subjugated and like live you know natural they're like the natives to certain planets and stuff and their planets are being exploited um and <laughs> which is like our real world yeah but so like and they're called the fremen the Fre- yeah they're called the fremen and i was like come on now this is fremen come on this is freeman he's not the story like frank Herbert. like this is the thing about white authors back in the day like because he, he goes in a group of c.s lewis and, and J.R. Tolkien. i'm gonna put him in there like they they are, their stories they're telling are not going to be as complex as we think they are because they they come from an earlier time. So we've gotten we've gotten a little more deeper on how we explain and talk about things. But some of the things they talk about are gonna be very surface level. When I read Lord of the Rings, it was very clear like who which characters were based on people of color and which characters were based on like the imperialistic, you know, European or people in power. And and in Dune, it's very much like that. So that's why I think, I think that's why it touched on me. I was like, this, this is very relatable to like our current world experiences and stuff like that, because how, how the people, the Fremen are treated are, at least in this book, one part is like 
they are treated kind of like how people of color are, are treated in, in our society, which is why I was a little frustrated with the casting because I feel like that was too on the nose. They literally like made all the Fremen are people of color. Mm. All of them. So mm-hmm. Javier Bardem is in Zendaya, like uh, even Jason Momoa, who's like part of the, the Atreides family, the royal family. But he, he lives was the, with the Fremen. He lives with the like, Fremen. Lives. So I was like, because he, he ambiguously ambiguous race anyway uh yeah so in like you know the all the black actors and stuff like that everybody was like the the fremen uh well, let me ask a question because you contrast that with the david lynch version where everyone was white well but it I, doesn't really make sense because right? david at that time they were so ignorant they could literally make a movie that's about africa and not put a black person in it yeah that's how they, they were tripping back then we know we know back in the day like 80s and before movies were out of control. There was like yeah. it was like movies with black people only in it, and there was movies that took place in New York, and there wasn't a black person in sight or a Puerto Rican person in sight. Yeah, and I was like, like fat where? Chance. Who's, <laughs> where is this? <clears throat> they still did it in the nineties and shit. That's why to this day I don't fuck with like Seinfeld or Friends and stuff because they're like, we're in New York. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because <laughs> New York would have at least a crackhead or somebody. Come on, ain't no, ain't nobody person of color in this whole place. Where do you live? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, uh, basically, Dune is very, very applicable to so many different social situations. But the biggest one for me was. The seeing how all these different levels of society connect and how where they're disconnect is what causes all the tension and the 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 strife and turmoil between them. And the main character, Paul Atreides, throughout the book, he he has a connection to almost everybody. He has a connection to the Fremen. He has a connection to the the Harkonnens, which are like the bad guys. He has a connection to his Atreides family, which are like the 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 people that were like the they're like part of the the problem, but they were doing their best to be to fix it. Um, you know, he has a connection to the Bene Gesserit, which are like the spiritual, like we're we're neutral, but we're also playing, you know, puppeteering and, and pulling strings of everybody. Like yeah. he's connected to every single body. He's connected to these group these guys called like the Mentats, which are like psychic type people. Is like, that from is that from somewhere something else? What? The Mentats or like No, Mentats are in Doom. Oh. They don't really they don't really explain it. Oh, they're they're in the it's book. A, it's the guy. It's the it's the guy who oh, has the eyes. The that's why his, that's why his eyes flip white and turn white. Yeah. And then the other guy, the Baron, has one too. That weird skinny looking dude. I, he's right. probably one of the actors you name, but I don't know who he yeah, is. But he's one. like his. They're like advisors because they can. They're smart and shit. Yeah. And psychic. But anyway, Paul has his connection to everyone, more or less. And then the book is kind of like him learning how to, to deal with that <clears throat> and struggle with that. Because he has to, he basically has his ultimate empathy because mm. he has to deal with everybody's problems. Wow. That's uh, so cool. Very Jesus like. Well, it's interesting. Well, I was going to ask you. So, like, there is like this martyr, almost like white savior storyline aspect of the, of the book that, or yeah. sorry, of the movie. Where it borders on that area of like, oh, all he has to do is he has to learn what it's like to be a Fremen and then he will like be able to solve all of these problems. And it's like, it's up to the white guy to do it. And obviously like, like he has conflict about that in the movie, particularly he has conflict that he's going to be like, they they want him to be the savior. Right. And he's actually conflicted about that. Like, I don't want to do that. I Uh, mean, um, 
But I wonder, like, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that aspect of it? I think the only reason why these stories exist is because y'all so scared of like having to actually help people out with depression and shit that you will come up with fucking whole other planets and aliens and shit <laughs> to deal with like, that. Yeah, you're like, um, uh, wait, I gotta like help solve like racism and sexism. Fuck, well, that's hard. Maybe if there's like sandworms and and aliens and shit, I'm like, calm the fuck down, like nigga, just <laughs> like. I know it's stressful and you're scared, but like, like stop creating Lord of the Rings and, and Lion Witch in the Wardrobe and Chronicles of Narnia and <laughs> all these different storylines, <laughs> Harry Potter, like all these different storylines are literally just about like bringing people together and like, yeah. and, and be in diversity and shit. But she's like, <laughs> you just, you just so scared you, you turn into something else. But um, yeah, so I, 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 that, that element does kind of like, I'm like, that's what makes it not that revolutionary of a storyline to me. Mm. But fuck it. It's it it wasn't told that well. Cause if 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 people only have in their mind that David Lynch version where it's all white people, then they definitely miss the message. Cause he, mm. you know, he takes he he changes elements of the story and makes them all weird and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and based on things that he just wants. It has nothing to do with the book. Right. And because that's just how he gets down. That's just how he gets down. He, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm David Lynch, I do I do what I want. Yeah. Um but the this this newer adaptation is a little truer to like telling a deeper storyline visually with so many re- for so many reasons but 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 when you can see those people the way they look and the way they are and the way they move in the movie you're like oh okay i can relate this to like now well i was wondering like cuz cuz you had told me like to think about empathy when i watched the movie so i wrote a note here and i said so is the truth sayer skill Right, the which I don't know if that's the Benny Gesserit or the Mentak. You tell me that it can see the future or that it can feel people's energy. Uh, the truth there is that's like a that's a that's a skill that's a Benny Gesserit. That's like the old lady, right? Yeah, the, that's like where you could like tell people what to do. Kind of yes, thing. but that that are you? What was your question? Say, I guess like is that the is that their skill that it can see the future or that it can feel people's energy? It's, I don't, it's so hard to explain. Uh, I would say, yes, they can like, it's basically just like ultimate impasse. Right. So that's why they can, they basically can, that's why they use like that different voice to like command people to do stuff because like I connect so deeply with you, I can get you to do what I want you to do. Yeah. Well, that they even say that in the movie, like you got to change the tone of your voice to like match theirs. Yes. Which is kind of like connecting on that level. Connecting on a deeper level. Yeah. Now see, like, see, see it as that. It's like they're basically, imagine a person, which this is why if, a, if we got a bunch of people that are sliding through, through our world and navigating through our world, like the motherfucking Harkonnens, which are like these crazy imperialistic power hungry guys who want money and power and, and, and subjugate people. Mm. Now, if they exist, don't you think they would be afraid if more and more people are becoming these Benny Gesserit people who can connect with each other on a deeper level of empathy? Because mm-hmm. that, because then, then they lose more, they lose power. So that's, right. that's what's happening when people, when people open up more and, and, and try to learn about diversity and inclusion and, and take part in equity programs and support people of underrepresented groups and all stuff like that. They are trying to, you know, learn different voices and learn how to communicate with other people on a different level. They're learning how to be these truth sayers, you know, to give, to make it, to make it sound cool. 
<laughs> not as scary. But yeah. yeah, so that that I would I would say that that's what that's the power. That's the power. It's like it's being able to communicate on a deeper level. Interesting. So but through that, they're able to like know what the fuck you're what like if you're lying or if you're telling the truth. You know what it reminds me of too, the film Midsommar. Oh yeah. Do you remember how much you and I like dug that movie because of the empathic like nature of like that cult? Yeah. Like basically not to spoil the movie, but the way that that little village and society deals with each other is they all feel the same thing at the same time. So when mm-hmm. this woman is going through heartbreak, she's not part of their community, but she's there as a guest. But when she's going through this intense griefing process they all grieve with her and it becomes this really intense emotional experience that everyone goes through and then through that them being there with her through that because this is a woman who had been bottling up a bunch of pain and a bunch of grief for other people's benefit and the fact that she was able to let it out and those people actually felt it with her and experienced it with her she fully accepted it and could and could come to terms with it and not bottling it up because it made other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, she becomes part of their society. Yeah. That, that idea is so sick to me for some reason. I thought it was awesome. It's, I mean, that's, that's all I want in the world. But I, I know it's crazy. I just, I know, <laughs> I know it doesn't, it's it feels not. Ins- it feels a little uncomfortable. It feels woo-woo. It feels like, would, would we really, like, every time someone's crying, like, I have to cry too now? But, like, that would change the world if people did that. Yeah. That would fundamentally change the world. Or it doesn't that you don't have to cry with them, but you also just have to let them cry. Yeah. Like, if someone was sitting next to you and they start bawling, you just be like, hand on the shoulder, like, and then, like, do you, would you like for me to do anything? Or, like, you know, I don't, I'm not a therapist or anything, so I don't want to give any too strong advice. But I'm like, you know, just be present and be there for them. Versus, like... Like kind of making them feel uncomfortable, like you should need to stop crying. Right. Like we 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 created. There, there's certain ways how we react to emotions where we treat it the same way we treat nudity, uh, women's nipples, <laughs> breastfeeding. Yes, those are kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, women's nipples and breastfeeding are the same thing. But yeah. uh, but like uh, certain certain forms of PDA uh, relationships between. Uh, fathers and their children. Like, there's all these different things that our society has made weird and made awkward or made, you know, it's just not as comfortable as we wanted it to naturally be. And right. it doesn't make any sense. And because of that, we, we, people have, people will walk on eggshells or, or, or change their behaviors in public to accommodate that. And then so, but then also on the same turn, other than these physical things I'm talking about, we have the emotions, which is like crying. Anger and like frustration, uh, like like being uncomfortable or shame, because we're going to talk about next 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 episode. Mm-hmm. But like shame and, and fear and stuff like that. These are all things that are like faux pas. So like you don't want to you don't want to let people know. Like no one ever people don't go up and go and say, hey, um, I'm really thankful for this job interview. I just want to let you guys know that I am very uncomfortable right now and I'm nervous because like I'm not sure I know everything that, it, that I'm supposed to know for this job. But I'm going to do my best. We're going to answer the questions and I, I really would like to work for this company. Like if you said that, you'd be shooting yourself in the foot. Right. But why can't we say that? 
Why can't we openly be like, I just want to let you know. So then now the interviewer is like, oh, that's totally fine. If you would like to start off, we can just kind of talk to each other and get to know each other before we get into the intense interview questions so that you're in your most comfortable place for those for those answers because those are the answers we care most about. Right. If they said that, then I'm pretty sure you get to hire a really great employee. But instead, you go through these exact emotions, these exact motions. In fact, they all, uh, actively make it the opposite, where they try to make it as emotionless as possible. Emotionless as possible. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but because of that, then it's like you're not getting this true person. You're getting a fucking robot who is just saying everything that some YouTube video told him to say, mm-hmm. and he's not being he's not even being honest. That's why I find there's been a, you know a couple times. I've been going through the interview process uh, a couple months ago, but like I just it where I'm just like you know what I'm just gonna say exactly what I'm feeling right now, and I'm like if they don't want to hire me, then they want to hire me because like I'm gonna say this probably when I'm hired, so like you need to know now who I am. I'm just gonna <laughs> let you know. I don't want nobody to get surprised. I don't want nobody to get like feeling like you know they they got some they order off of wish.com and then, like and it ain't it ain't what you wanted. Like I'm gonna let you know right now that I am a, a refurbished. Uh, item that like I'm not I'm not I'm not the perfect black oh. guy I'm a refurbished black guy but I but I'm refurbished nicely I'm still placing a nice store and no, I'm just saying I'm just kidding but I I think I think I just I think people need to be more upfront and outright with each other well Lizzie and I were talking about this last night and you know there's this this feeling that I have where I interact with people where I self monitor a lot and I don't want to come off too too emotional this way or that way or the other. And I, I sometimes put that off on other people. And so that's something that I've been trying to not do. But yeah. it's not like I think that we should, nobody should self-monitor at all, all the time. Because like that's kind of like the society where we're in right now, where everyone is expressing themselves like for a bunch of negative shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, like this person pisses me off, that person pisses me off, I hate this person, I hate this person, I hate this piece of food. Pineapple on pizza sucks. Like, just this all, there's like this See, negative expression for the sake of expression. So it's not like I think that every emotion that people have is good or positive. I'm not saying that, but for the things that really matter, right? Like, we should be more vulnerable. But see, the thing, the thing that I, that was a, a triggering, or not triggering, but like really hit me when you said that yeah. is, a lot of those things that we get frustrated about and talk about is you, 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 you. I'm talking about we need to get better at saying me, 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 me. I. You need to have I statements. We need to have I emotions. Mm. Instead of saying, ew, you're eating pineapple on your pizza. That's disgusting. I can't believe you're doing that. You're just like, there's certain fruits and things that I do not like because there, there's the sweetness and the, and the consistency in my mouth makes me uncomfortable. Then people are like, okay, that's why you don't like pineapple on pizza because you don't like it on anything. That makes sense. <laughs> or if if saying if you're going and saying like, oh, I'm so sick of racist people. I'm so sick of Democrats. I'm so these people suck. I hate people are posting this on the internet. This is so annoying. This is frustrating. Like, if you explain why you why you feel bullied or why why you're uncomfortable or you can speak more on your shames or your insecurities and all that. Then those same people who are being the bullies and all that, if they were doing the same thing, they wouldn't they wouldn't be bullying anybody. They would literally just go on the internet and be like, uh, I I have problems with my father and I don't know how to communicate with people very well, especially women. And I that makes me feel that makes me feel like I'm never gonna be able to talk to women like the proper way. 
Versus, but instead of saying that, they go on the internet and go, you can't play games, women can't play games, women can't be politicians, I want to stab you in the vagina. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, it's really weird. It's what? like, <laughs> So it's just a lot of like outward like projection. Or projection. Like yeah, yeah, we like we put it on everybody else. Yeah. And I'm 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 trying my best not to do that. I feel like cuz I do that I do that a lot and I still do it constantly. Well, I feel like I like have to do that. With all of the identities that I have, like I have to be the most introspective fucking person on earth. And I get disappointed that other people who look like me and who have the identities that I have don't do that. Because it's like if you truly listen to other people, and you hear what people are saying, especially people who have grievances with the way that the world is set up right now. Yeah. You, you have to do a lot of internal reflection. Like, you have to. So it's frustrating to me that people, you know, stick their fingers in their ears and they go, la, 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 la. I mean, I, I see that in a lot of different areas of life. Um, one other interesting thing about this empathy yeah. conversation. Last night I was watching The Bachelorette. And Lizzie kept looking over at me and she was like, are you going to cry? Are you going to cry? Because apparently I cry a lot when I watch this show. And finally, there was one point where... Like, I'm rolling my eyes. For someone was giving, someone was giving a speech. I think it was the lead of the show, Michelle. And then I was like, all this time I wasn't crying, I wasn't crying. And then Michelle starts talking and then like, I start tearing up a little bit. And then Lizzie was like, why do you cry at this show? Like, we'll watch The Sopranos or like all this high art and you don't cry. But like you cry old, like almost every episode of The Bachelorette. And I was trying to figure out why that is. I, okay, this is. What's your theory? I think this is why you cry. And for, for this season in particular, and it's not, it's not a bad thing. So don't take it as a bad thing. But I think because it's Michelle and you and you know you met you met her not met her but you saw her come on Matt James this season mm-hmm. and she's a woman of color and she's very open about her like experiences she's she's talked about yeah. it a lot yeah she has anytime she has these these intense experiences and that visibility and and that her being able to do that is like impactful cuz you're like you know this means you know what this means for her mm. i think or at least you see what it means for her so it hits mm-hmm. you hard like I, I I would think that I I would think that you could see that almost as like like if you were watching me on TV and I'm like oh I went through this this and this it's like you 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 know like this is this is a bigger this is not just like she's just not going on there like I'm not trying to demit, I, I don't want to downplay the other women that have been on the show but a lot of these white women like they you know there's Disney princesses and there's there's constant shows about white romance and there's constant you know Hallmark. TV movies and stuff with white women and stuff. They've they've been the, the image of love and romance for forever. Uh and so it's common. But for someone like her, this is this is rare. And she's putting herself out there. You remember like Rachel Lindsay, like they all I mean, all these women get death threats and stuff like that, because because once again, men are gross and, and trash. Yeah. But we just covered that. Yeah, we just covered that. But the 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 being the the person of color, the all these these other elements and stuff that Michelle has, it makes it it just makes it like such a com- more compelling. Like I think the ABC is finally realizing that's why they're trying to capitalize on it. But it, it to me, I I know those moments that you probably were like getting teary eyed because I I was getting I was getting touched by that. Only her. The men are the men get on my damn nerve. Well, but- I I feel it though. Like a lot of times, a lot of people, Katie season had you know really intense. Uh, emotional like it's always when people are sharing those mo- those vulnerable moments yeah where i start to feel that way and i think you're right i mean 
I don't, I can't say whether I have like any level of, of empathy close to what you have, but I, in those moments, I feel it. I yeah. feel what they're feeling like for better or worse. That, and and that, I don't know if it's just cause I'm being manipulated and the music's going and you know, everything's firing on all cylinders. Like, I don't know. You also just, just, just how you are, <laughs> uh, which is funny. Cause like, I'm getting what, a little emotional just thinking just, about just, it. You know? just, see, you just think about it and make you emotional. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have weird moments cause I can, I can turn it off and that mm. that's, that's from, from trauma. That's from mm. like, from that's like bad for bad reasons i can turn it off it's not it's not something that I, that i i'm proud of but i i know the moment that i actually could cry and because i'm like oh my god this is so beautiful but i, can, I know how to just be like i'm not gonna do it right now which yeah. i don't like because i'm like feel your emotion mike but right. there are also a lot of times like i'll watch like an anime or something and i'll be like <laughs> i'm like this is calm down now mike you crying on this and damn anime like <laughs> they eyes is bugging out and they doing all kinds of weird shit it ain't even real but like it's they, just it's, the, the interesting thing about anime is that people are so in tune with their emotions but it's because you have the internal pov like like you'll hear their voiceover of what they're going through they don't always outwardly express it yeah uh, so you do get those feelings maybe more so than you would if it's like an actor playing a a, a scene you know, you, you can see them processing it and feeling their feelings, and I think that does impact people. But sometimes it's different when you hear someone say what's going on with them. Yeah. You hear it in their voice. Now, uh, to kind of we could like wrap this up or kind of button it up, the thing is, with empathy, it's so interesting because I feel like we are, we are in the place we are because of we, we went to the same school, we had the same major, uh, there was still there was still did a lot of things that didn't make us like we weren't eye to eye, but then we shared a bread, we roommates like physical in the same room for a long time. Then we had the same job at one point. All these different, you know, there's all these different experiences that were physically like setting us up for the perfect like empathetic synergy. But uh, it, I think it came more and more from from just being able to like just from these conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and being like, oh, he he's going through he's going through things. I go through things, and so we can relate on going through things. And it's that simple. It's actually yeah. that simple that like it doesn't ha- it doesn't have to be uh, having the same exact experiences. It's just the fact that you deal with experiences and you have these crazy emotions that you don't know how to control sometimes or c- over c- over control. Like that is relatable and then that's that's how we, i i feel like i have learned empathy more and more and more from this type, these types of conversations and something that i think about and this kind of relates to how you how i was saying how you respond to Michelle mm-hmm. on the bachelorette i think about that moment when you're going to be a ceo or cuz i'm going to manifest that so you can hire me cuz anybody else trying to hire my black ass uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. A lot of but, responsibility, but this is a lot. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying the, that moment where you're not not a CEO, even right now, yeah, when you're any... hi- when you're hiring people now, yeah. in in the position and the roles that you have now, yeah. the you might be presented for a moment where you have an employee who you don't see doing anything because you're like he's below the line, and then you your face is like, should I let? I need. I think we need to like let him go, and then you might be like, wait all of this, you know, stuff plays back, flashbacks, memory, you you were like, oh, no, 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 I need to meet with this person and figure out and talk to them and get an understanding of what they do if I if there's some disconnect. Because I remember you have these experiences that you remember the experiences that I went through. 
You remember me laying, sitting on the bed. So even in crying, even if I said it in the beginning of the day, oh, I'm fine, I'm good. You're like, mm, he might, this person might be just saying that. They might break down at 11 o'clock that night because I've, right. I've seen that before. So like all these different experiences are within you now, even though you didn't have them, I had them. You, because you had all, have them, all of them, you will be able to have a different language and speak to people differently or listen to people differently. Same for me. Like I, on the same token, you know, I could easily just be going out there and being like, oh, you're a white person. You don't understand what the fuck I'm going through. You, you're racist. You, and if you're not racist, you you can benefit off of racism. So like nothing you say is a value to me. I could enter the world that way. I don't. And I think it, it actually brings me a lot of grief sometimes because people think I'm, you know, whitewashed or people think I'm a sellout and stuff like that. And it's like, no, it's not that. It's just that I have learned, you know, Benny Jesuit learning how to speak. I was going to say, Mr. Paul Atreides over yeah, here. <laughs> Paul Atreides. I'm, don't get mad because I'm Paul Atreides out here because I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking everybody's language. But I'm like, I, I know there's more to it than that. I know that's not what they want. If a person said something crazy or off to me, that's not what they wanted to say. That's just how it came out. Cause they didn't, they were in the wrong pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in, like in mm-hmm. Dune, they did, they, they did. That's not what you wanted to say. And you said something else. You said I'm hurt. You said I'm sad. You said I'm mad. You said I'm angry. You said I'm confused. That's what you were saying. You just said it weird. So I'm like, to me, the words, words have, even though I'm a writer <laughs> and words are gonna pay my bills, words, uh, to, like negative words have very little value to me. Because I'm like, I know that's not what it what it means. I have learned. You look through it. To, yeah, to translate it. So that's why uh, even like, this comes from like even parts of our relationship. I have learned to to be empathetic to to the idea that like it's not easy being a cishead white man. Well, now I don't, I don't p- too fucking bad, you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> too I, fucking bad for y'all. Y'all should have, y'all should have thought about that a long time ago, about four hundred years ago. You should have, should have thought about that. Now you make the bed, and you are gonna line this motherfucker. But uh, I'm just saying, I the only way we're gonna be able to get through this is we both have to to relate, and we both have to find a way to be like. Let we need to figure out why you're fucked up, and we need to figure out why I fucked you up, and we need to figure out why I hate you, and why you hate me, and why we don't see eye to eye. Like, there's all this different work that needs to be had, but it just needs to be had. It needs it needs to be it needs to happen, and not and you can't you can't shut people off. So that's why I can't I can't hate one whole group. I can't turn off my eye turn my head to one whole group because like it's it's just important to be able to try to, to speak these languages and, and be empathetic. I could be just saying this like to boil it all down, I could be just saying this because I'm just a cancer and I'm just <laughs> obsessed with empathy. And like maybe everybody, maybe this might be not the thing to do. Maybe maybe you need to like fuck off and to hate everybody. But I don't know. I just I don't can't think so. I can't that's do not that. how we were like that's not how we were we were built or we evolved. Like that's not that's not it. Because yeah. we are we are ultimately a community based organism. We we need communion with each other. It made me think of Akira and like the, just the big ass like blob. Not like, that type of community. <laughs> That's unhealthy. Like That's we toxic. are we are a human organism. <laughs> no, but like like we are a community based society of of people. So we need to figure out how to work together, and that's the number one thing. Yeah us in this country can't do right now. So I've got to work on it. And then as far as like my perspective, like as the cis hat white guy, um, like we need to 
not just get caught up on like the way people are telling us things that are wrong with us or like the, 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 the grievances that are being shared. Like if it's, whether it's like BIPOC, whether it's like, um, you know, women or the LGBT community, like sharing like criticisms of white, like, you know, the way that America has been set up to benefit white males, men, uh, and, and not get caught up on like the messaging or how it's received or how it's said, and instead listen to the root problems, the root emotions that are being expressed and, and learn from that. Yeah. I think that that is important for us, of people of, of my identity, to, to deal with that. Yeah. So like, I think it's very easy, you know, where you hear something and you're like, ooh, I don't like the way that sounds. That was very aggressive. Ooh, that was very like... That dang, they're saying like what destroy America? That's crazy. Yeah. Like like or like oh, the, are you saying like my history is wrong? Are you saying I don't I shouldn't exist? Are you saying like I don't deserve to be X Y Z? Like uh, my voice doesn't matter. Like you hear all of these things like and you can take it from that perspective. Like I hear a lot of people say combat what this criticism that we get from my side of things and hear that and and say those things back. Like get the, so defensive about it. But it's like you need to let those defenses fall and listen to what's really going on. And it's people trying to express themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, it's not always about race and, and you know, and sexuality. Or something. Oh, not at all. This is like something that just can be dealt with in just your personal relationships. Like your, you know, uh, partners, your family, your parents and stuff like that. Like, am I, am I the most perfect person at communicating with like my family uh, consistently, no, because we just we just weren't built that way. Like I like they raised me, so you know, however I turned out to be, and they don't like it. It's like, well, you should have fucking read the manual because you, <laughs> you try to you try to wing it and look at it now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I will say that I'm definitely in a place now where I can't. I I have to my there's no there's no anger that that lasts that long it, it doesn't linger there that long because i'm like no i'm trying to see from the person's person's perspective or yeah. i'm trying to reason with them i'm like i'm chill with everybody that happens to me i always take the other person's perspective when i think about if i'm going to be mad about something or or if someone else is like dealing with like oh this person cut me off in traffic i'm really mad and i think about like well maybe what they were trying to do xyz or like Oh, I do that shit all the time. I'd be like, well, maybe they were in a hurry because, like, their grandmother, like, fell down. And, like, yeah. oh, like, I'm doing too much. Like, this person just cut me off because they're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like, it's, yeah. Uh, but, you know, you're right. It, like, those interpersonal things, like, even just, like, friend to friend, family to family. Um, yeah. Communication is so weird. People have their their perception of what's said. And, yeah. Yeah. So go out there, find, read some Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Watch Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, folk, look, think about when you're watching it, like what empathy is like being related in in this show and or not show in this movie, and yeah, think about that in your conversations with friends, family, loved ones, whoever, your boss, anybody like that, your employees, like think about what what how empathy could play into this into this conversation or in the lack thereof, because it's just I don't know, I think I think it helps. It's going to hurt a little, but it helps. And last but not least, celebrate Rashida King. Yeah. Just just have a Regina King holiday. Regina King for life. Yeah. Be empathize. Empathize with her struggle. Of <laughs> empathize with her who wins. Empathize with her. her. Her struggle of not being a holiday every single day. 
Yeah. <laughs> With not being given all the money and all the jobs. Yes. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.